Sports and Recreation Center on the campus of the College of Staten Island. It's time for the Dolphin Pod, the official College of Staten Island Athletics Podcast. With your host, David Pizzuto. Austin Mick with a nine-point lead. Mick flying to the perimeter, gets it over to Latunji for three. Dolphins work it back up to 12 points. In-depth stories, reviews and previews, interviews, and so much more. It's all right here. And now for the Dolphin Pod, here is your host, David Pizzuto. And welcome into the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Another week, another show for you here. This is episode 26 of our 2019-2020 season. And if you're joining us uh, when we premiere, today is Friday, July 3rd of 2020. Uh, first and foremost, want to wish everybody a, a happy and healthy July 4th weekend. Happy Independence Day, um, either upcoming or uh, during or after, uh, as this week, of course, that is uh, the main focus. I'm David Pizzuto, your host of the Dolphin Pod, writing solo for this one as our co-host Joe Foreman, no longer with us, uh, celebrating his last show last week. But we promised that he'd be a forever part of this show, and he left us with the intros and outros to our segment. So those of you who enjoy listening to Joe's voice will still get an opportunity to do so week in and week out. We promised that to you, and we and we delivered. So um, because it's a, a, a one-man show uh, this week, um, probably formatting-wise, not going to be as long of a show or uh, as long of a podcast as we're used to. Joe and I used to at least going uh, about an hour on our podcast. We're going to try to cut that down um, to basically our main segment, which will feature an interview each week. And on this week's show, uh, obviously have to keep it under wraps because it coincides with the Flashback Friday countdown every week. But our guest this week will be uh, head baseball coach and marketing and development coordinator, uh, Michael Morrow, will join us. He was a principal organizer along with Kelsey Carey, uh, marketing and promotions coordinator at CSI's inaugural uh, Legacy Night, which went off on January 30th of 2020, first major CSI event of the new year. And as a Division II school, it was a night where we welcomed in uh, several prominent Staten Island uh, figures and beyond, industry leaders, philanthropists, obviously, um, a lot of important people, community activists, etc., uh, bringing them all together to kind of celebrate uh, CSI's legacy through the years, its transition from Division Three to Division Two, and of course, uh, it was highlighted by the um, the premiere of the CSI newly minted scholarship fund for athletics, which went into effect uh, on that night and has since helped to serve the needs of scholarship awards in time for the 2021 season and beyond. We're going to talk to uh, Mike a lot more about that and obviously everything that he has planned going on with Kelsey Carey. And of course, uh, he's also our baseball coach. So I'm pretty sure we're going to ask a few questions regarding baseball and everything that the team went through. Uh, Obviously, this past spring, baseball got eight games deep before they had to cancel their season as the rest of the country did in the wake of the COVID pandemic. So talk to Mike a little bit about that. And of course, we'll talk about some of the plans that he has upcoming uh, with baseball as well and uh, what he has going on uh, over the summer with his assistant coaches. So that's what's coming up on the show. And obviously, uh, every Friday during the summer, we will 
um, kind of coincide with what's going on with our summer top 10 countdowns. We mentioned Flashback Friday, which comes out obviously every Friday, and the Dolphin Pod premieres alongside it. But every Tuesday, we have a Sportsnet top 10 where we revisit um, the best uh, Sportsnet broadcast as far as viewerships are concerned. Last week, we debuted the countdown at number 10 with CSI Men's Basketball, and uh, we're going to stay right on men's basketball for the number nine most watched event, which was CSI Showdown with Medgar Evers College um, back at the tank on February 1st of 2020. So just speaking uh, for just a couple of minutes about this game, because uh, I'm sure at some point down the line, we'll have some men's basketball players and coaches here on the show. We can talk about it a little bit more. But if you didn't watch this game on Sportsnet, it's one that you definitely should. This was one of the highlighted games of the season and kind of the one one of the games kind of lost, um, you know, in the weeds a little bit. But this was a fantastic game. If you're a college basketball fan, uh, truly a great game between CSI and the Cougars. Just to set it up a little bit, the Cougars had defeated the Dolphins uh, earlier in the season in Brooklyn. They had handed the Dolphins uh, a very narrow defeat in a game that CSI was winning towards the end, and they kind of dropped uh, in the final moments. Medgar Evers stormed back, and they almost did it again in this game. The Dolphins had a pretty sizable lead in this one. They saw it evaporate. There were six ties. There were five lead changes. And in the end, CSI was able to prevail 96 to 95. It was one of the highest scoring games of the season in the CUNY. Um, uh, Overall, both teams shot 60% from the field. Medgar Evers uh, took 24 three-pointers and nailed 13 of them to go over 50% in that category as well. And the Dolphins were just dominating inside and in the paint. They had a 60-26 to 26 overall lead in points in the paint. Uh, they were phenomenal from start to finish. Uh, the Dolphins led by four at the break, and they, like I said, they they held on. A couple of great individual performances. Uh, Adiola Latunji, who else? 29 points in this game. He added seven rebounds. Um, he had five assists to, to lead in that category as well. Four steals led in that category as well. Uh, Joe Zirish chimed in with 19 points, a uh, couple of rebounds, a couple of block shots. And Andrew Cartalis came off the bench in this one, probably one of the highlighted uh, players. He played 32 minutes off the bench. He scored 18 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a blocked shot in those 32 minutes. He was sensational. The Dolphins would not have been able to pull this one out with some of his uh, big shots late in the game. And over on Medgar Evers' side, if you don't get a chance to watch them very often, you got to check out the performances of two Cougars in that game. Uh, Keyshawn McIntosh uh, went off for 30 points in the game and four assists. And Dimitri Weeks shot 12 of 14 from the floor, 26 points and uh, three rebounds and three assists. So um, great game all around. Both teams, like I said, shot 60% in that game. And it was just a terrific win in the end. The Dolphins were able to ice it. Uh, a couple of a couple of free throws down down the line. This after almost giving the game away, uh, after missing uh, a couple of big shots down down the stretch. But a very entertaining game. Mike Baybusky, Ricky Keeler had the call uh, from the tank once again, February first. And um, final thought about that game: if you do watch that game between CSI and Medgar Evers, and you should, one of the best college basketball games I saw. 
uh, this past year. You may want to check out the game that debuted before that. That was the men's basketball alumni game. Every year, uh, CSI men's basketball gets together for an alumni game where we welcome an alumni from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and of course the 2000s. And um, it was a great, that was a great game in and of itself. Uh, very entertaining. And it preceded uh, this CSI Medgar Evers matchup and that alumni game. Uh, serves to honor the serves to honor the memory of late CSI assistant coach Maddie White and his wife Dolores. So every year the White family uh, comes to the game and and welcomes us. It's great to welcome them back into the gym as well. So uh, that all went down on February first, twenty twenty. It was a great day at the tank. Hope you're able to uh, watch that game between CSI and Medgar Evers. Bump those viewership numbers up. Um, so some terrific things that are going on there. And, and while we have the broadcast in mind, we should tell you too, that, um, we had a latest, um, news story come out where CSI Sportsnet, uh, from here on out is now going to be part of the ECC network. Uh, obviously all ECC streams are housed on the ECC network. So nothing really changes for CSI Sportsnet. Uh, obviously all broadcasts will still be broadcast from Sportsnet, but now the distribution angle will work through ECC network. And what's great about the ECC network is that they have an app for the, for Apple iPhones, for uh, Android tablets, and of course, for things like the Amazon Fire Stick, Roku, Apple TV. So no matter where you are, whether it's on your phone, on your tablet, your PC, or even your home uh, via an over-the-top device, you can catch all of CSI's broadcasts from here on out and the rest of the ECC broadcast as well. So great to uh, see some of the other ECC schools in action and get to check out some some great competition uh, that CSI will go up against uh, beginning in 2020-2021, obviously um, athletics permitting, and we're back on the field as soon as possible. So that was some exciting stuff, uh, Sportsnet-based, and um, it was great to talk about it for just a few minutes here and get uh, you guys at home excited about what's coming up. So um, that does it for the Sportsnet Top 10. Uh, what I'm going to do now is take a break. And when we come back from the flip side of the break, I'm going to have Michael Morrow join us via the telephone here uh, on the Dolphin Pod, where we will go in-depth into Flashback Friday's number nine spot on the countdown. It's CSI's inaugural Legacy Night and a grand event at the CSI Sports and Recreation Center. So uh, we will take a break now. When we come back, Michael Morrow will join us on the Dolphin Pot. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Champions know how to seize opportunities. When they see moments of greatness unfold right before their eyes, they push as hard as they possibly can. And then they push harder because the heart of a champion never settles, never quits, and never stops giving its all. We are champions. We are Division II. We go big, we give it everything we've got, and we win on the field, on our campuses, in our communities, for our causes, in our careers. We rise to become champions in everything we do. We are Division II and there are no limits here. We make our time count. We set our own path. We become champions on our terms. It's time to up your game because we're here to play and learn. But most importantly, 
We're here to discover ourselves, our vision, our heart, our drive, to achieve every goal we aim for, because we want to be champions at the highest level, life. At Division II, the opportunities are here. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com. And welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com and through some of our other mediums on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Radio Public, just to name a few. It's time now for our featured segment of the Dolphin Pod on this Friday, July 3rd. And on the line with us from his home in Staten Island is head baseball coach and the marketing and development coordinator at the College of Staten Island, Michael Morrow. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. Awesome. And, you know, Mike, we we have to keep our guests every week under wraps because we we like to debut it alongside our Flashback Friday countdown. And this week at number nine was the inaugural uh, Legacy Night. And it's a night that you and your uh, partner, Kelsey Carey, the marketing and, and promotions coordinator, came up with. And um, so, A, how does it feel to be on the top 10 list of, uh, of you know, greatest events of the year? It feels great. Um, I, I saw there was a lot of um, candidates and there was a lot more than 10. And for us to break the, the 10 mark was great. I'm, I'm very excited. And, and the Legacy Night uh, was such a huge night for us, you know, because it was a success. And, and you know, the way that we all uh, put our heads together to come up with this, uh, it makes me proud, actually. Yeah, and and it should because this was something that truly developed from from zero. So it's not like you know we had the groundworks for an event like this, and we just said, okay, let's just reboot it or let's just let's just do it new. Um, you know, like redone. This was something that was completely brand new, and it was obviously uh, of the brain trust of you and Kelsey. So tell me a little bit first about before even bringing it to Charles, to myself, to the other staffers to help out with the event. What was kind of the thinking going in? What were you guys trying to really realize with an event like this? You know what? We were, we knew that, um, we were getting a lot of, um, a lot of interest in, um, businesses, you know, maybe hanging signs in our gym and wanting to be more involved. Um, and that was great because individually, uh, me and Kelsey would go to these places and, you know, meet the owner and, and, um, explain what we're looking to do in the future with the D2 move and, you know, trying to raise money and, and just really getting involved with the community more. Uh, and, and one day we're sitting down and we have all our, all our folders open on, on all these businesses that are going to buy some signs in the gym and want to be involved. Uh, and, and we just kind of looked at each other simultaneously and we're like, you know what? Why don't we bring them all together and have them all meet each other? So they can kind of feed off each other like, oh, you're involved too? Yeah, so am I. This is great. And uh, to get more of a community feel. And, and that's really where it, where it started. And, you know, when we, when we had the meeting with you early on and we, we brought that up to you, and uh, I mean, listen, we all did it. It, it. Me and Kelsey had a lot to do with it, but you, Charles, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that were involved in this whole legacy thing. I mean, it, the four of us together really put an awesome event uh uh, in line that night. And, uh, you know what, it really brought the community together as well as CSI athletics together with the community. It was like, it was just a big circle and it, and it worked terrific. Yeah. And one of my biggest takeaways, not only of this event, <laughs> but of Staten Island in general, 
you know, especially me being, you know, living in New Jersey now for, for a few years is, you know, you get the sense in Staten Island that everybody kind of knows everybody, but yet it's rare to get everybody together like that. So I think a lot of the people who were present really appreciated the fact like, well, this is something we just don't do every day. Although I maybe I deal with this person, you know, five days out of the week or, or, you know, maybe we're in touch on so- social media and things like that. But it, w- it was truly a, a very unique experience, you know, considering how close the people in that room are with each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, there were, there were some big names there that night. And even, you know, although they knew each other maybe by name or maybe they met at another event, it was really a social event where they, they had a couple of hours to really talk to each other and get to know each other and, and feel for what their business is all about and what they, you know, and that they're associated with our program. Um, I mean, you know, we had, we, we went from the top restaurants on Staten Island to one of the top orthopedic surgeons on Staten Island to uh, a former major league baseball player. I mean, this doesn't happen. You know, this is very, it was very unique, uh, that night. And, and listen, we, we know this. Staten Island is a unique place. Um, it's, it, it's as big as it is. It's so small. Um, and when the community really needs to get behind one another, uh, or, or, or to help somebody, Staten Island always prevails. And that's the one thing that I'm so proud about being a Staten Islander about is, is that it's always been like that. Yeah. And just some of the names that were involved, uh, New York State Assemblyman Michael Cusick was there. Uh, Mike referenced former major leaguer Jason Marquis was in the house, uh, very decorated, um, you know, throughout his years as a ball player. Uh, James McBratney from the owner of Jimmy Max Restaurant actually spoke at the event. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Rob Cassatelli, uh, who we deal with all the time. Uh, Max Calicchio, Mike Sweeney, Staten Island Yankees general manager Jane Rogers, Dr. John Riley. And that's just a small snapshot. Uh, of who was there. Just, you know, great people first, Mike. And like you said, people who at any time of need always answer the phone, uh, are always willing to give back. And for many years, maybe quietly have always kind of supported what CSI athletics has been all about. I agree. I agree. I think the, when Kelsey and I, um, actually reached out to the people, uh, through email or, or a text message and said, Hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. Um, on this, you know, legacy night, uh, it was even more personal when we, we did a follow-up personal visit and said, Hey, we want to hand deliver this invitation to you. They, they knew all about CSI. They know about the athletic programs. They heard about the D2 move, but for them to actually get invited and show up and see the other people that were there, it really showed that CSI is on the map. It really did because there were some prominent people there and, and it really showed that they cared enough to come support us. And I just think moving forward, I think, I think it's going to be even bigger and easier to get these people to help out if we do need it. And, and it was just, it was just a, a perfect event for, for a perfect reason to have it. It was, it was, you know, I'm, I'm still, it's funny. I think about it even today and when many months passed it and, uh, and I loved it. I loved the whole night. I loved how it went. It was just such a, a smooth going event and everyone got along and everyone was impressed by what we did. And it was really good. Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of the great things about it, and it was something that we never could predict or visualize was just, you know, transforming the gym into what it was. I remember Dr. Fritz, our president, obviously coming in and saying, wow, this this doesn't look like the gym at all. And it was really well done. People who go to our website today will see pictures from the night and we'll we'll get a pretty good idea. But, you know, I'm 
as someone who's done events before, I always get a little nervous, no matter how well prepared we are to say, you know, I can't, I can't live it until it happens. So I just kind of have to, you know, uh, cross my fingers and hope things go well visually. And the way the night went, was it what you wanted from the night? Was it what you kind of expected and visualized? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, it, it went above our expectations to be honest with you. I mean, when, when the, when the, um, when we were finished setting up and we were all just kind of on the second floor looking down into the gym, mm-hmm. I mean, we were kind of like, wow, I mean, this, this looks like a real fancy, uh, club or, a, 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 a you know, an event that you would pay big money for. And, and it was in our gym. The way we transformed it was amazing. And I'll tell you what, I was just as nervous as you are because you always, you're always hoping people show up and mm-hmm. what if no one comes and, and I hope the food's good. And, 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 you know, when the very first person walked in and that was Jane Rogers, uh, from the Staten Island Yankees, mm-hmm. she, when she walked in and, and I took her coat, she was like, Oh my God, her expression about how impressed she was about how we transformed that gym into that banquet hall, I knew it was going to be a great night. And sure enough, one by one, when these people started coming in from the community and they were in awe and, and, and Dave, you saw the amount of food that we had donated. It was from every, every restaurant on Staten Island. It was amazing. And, um, you know what, once they started coming in, I actually felt so relaxed. Uh, I was so pleased. And, and from that moment on for the next two hours after, everything went so smooth. It was like clockwork. I couldn't have been more happy. Yeah, definitely. And and I always love, you know, I think the sign of a good event is when people come to you either during the event or after the event and say, wow, this, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be this, you know, I had a yeah. completely different idea. And I think a lot of people in that room, to be very frank, and to be very honest, were we're figuring like, okay, the, the I'm going to get invited here and, and they're going to make a sales pitch to me and they're going to ask me right. for some, for some dough. And it really, right. uh, you know, honestly, it really wasn't about that. I, I, I know that you and Kelsey, especially when you got up to the podium, you introduced the whole, you know, concept of the scholarship fund and, and what we're doing mm-hmm. over a stretch of time. But there was a real emphatic theme of the night to keep your checkbooks at home. We're, we're not interested in your money. We simply want to celebrate what you folks are doing for the island, what we've been doing for the island, and quite frankly, just pat everybody on the back and say, listen, we're doing some great things for this island. Let's just keep up the good work. Yeah, I agree. Um, we really we really made it known that it, it, we did not want to start begging for money that night. That's not what this was about. It was really a celebration of, hey, you guys are so successful in what you're doing. We want to we want to you know acknowledge that along with our D2 move and, and, and us being so proud about that and, and how our athletics department is run. And, uh, you know, we want you to be part of it. And, and I'll tell you what, you, you're right. I, I have to piggyback on what you said. I was getting text messages an hour after the event from people that were there saying, hey, what a great time I had. Thank you so much for including me. That made me feel unbelievable. Sure. You know, Kelsey, too, uh, was getting text messages. And, and it was just a good feeling that, you know what, not only did we put on a good show, uh, we set up a, a beautiful event, but you know what? We did it right because we we were there for them, actually. As much as we wanted them to understand what our D2 move is all about and, and what the future holds, we acknowledged them for having such such success in their lives, and, and they acknowledged that, and they loved it. Yeah, and you know, we'll talk about some of the things that you're doing with, with baseball, too, but you know, I think 
obviously an event like this goes hand in hand with the college's strategic plan about borough stewardship, about being there for the community. Uh, you've, you've done it from a, from a team angle. But really, Mike, this is what you and Kelsey do every day as part of your marketing position and and the marketing position as well. I mean, we've had interns in the past. We've had some people do a little bit of marketing in drips and drabs. But for the most part, the marketing positions that you guys have, those have been built from the ground up as well, kind of cultivated from very little. So tell us a little bit about what those things that you're doing just every day, building that borough stewardship and what some of the projects you and Kelsey work on over the course of a year that keeps you invested and involved with these folks from the community. Yeah. So what we, we had a vision uh, and we spoke to you and Charles about this as well. And, and we had a vision that we wanted not only just to show up at these places when we needed sponsorships or we needed, uh, you know, money or we needed a gift certificate. We didn't want to be the faces that when we walked into these places that they're like, oh, here's Mike and Kelsey then. What do they need? We didn't want it to be that way. So from the very beginning, we wanted to be more like, hey, if you ever need anything at CSI, you know, Mike and Kelsey stop by here all the time. They're the ones you need to go see. That's the relationship we wanted. We wanted to make sure that these owners of these establishments and companies um, when they saw us, it wasn't always about a handout. It was about, hey, what are you just here for lunch? You know, yeah, just just here to say hello. You know, mm-hmm. do you need anything from us? And I think that really that really set the tone on what me and Kelsey's job description is. Um, sure, we're sure we're out there trying to raise money for the program and raise money for the athletic department and and get the community involved. But we wanted to one hundred percent make sure that we didn't want these business owners to feel like when they saw us, it was going to be an uncomfortable meeting. And, and from the beginning, and it's worked, it's, it's always been like when we walk in, it's always a handshake and a hug. Hello. And, and it's like, Hey, what do you guys need? Do you, you have for lunch? You just, you know, do you need anything for me? How's everything? You know, how's your family? How's, how's everything? How's Charles and Dave at work? And that's the relationship we wanted. And it's turned out to be that way. And, and that's what we envisioned. And that's what we're striving to do. Um, you know, we're also just looking to obviously the D2 move, uh, now that we're able to give scholarships, um, we've presented, um, you know, opportunities to these businesses to, uh, be part of that, to possibly put their name on a scholarship and, and, um, you know, be able to change a kid's life. Uh, you know, Dave, since I started this whole D2 move and we're able to give scholarships and, um, you know, you, you know this firsthand because you're who I report to when it comes to scholarship money. When, when you tell a kid you're about to give them some money towards their, their academic, you know, uh, tuition, the, the, the change, the face and, and the emotions that comes out of that is something I'll never forget. And for a business to put their name on a scholarship and be able to change a kid's life, that's what we're looking to do. And, and I think that's what we're going to really, really keep building on. And um, I just think it's going to be a success from here on in. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, Mike, we, we talk about, um, you know, that that investment, obviously, and, and businesses, you know, getting involved. And, you know, I find it to be kind of cool how the dominoes have really started to fall with regards to, like, who we're bringing into the building, too. Like, just as an example, I know that some of our alumni were kids when they were on CYO teams playing in our gym during halftime right. uh, back when yeah. our building first opened. And now our, some of our alumni have kids that come as a part of CYO programs playing during halftime. So, you know, 
obviously part of your job is is trying to uh, you know bring in some financial dollars, but the other part is you know keeping the area youth involved, keeping people to be you know quite frankly marketing our programs from a fan perspective that. Our gym is a place that you need to be to come see what yes. we're doing here. Um, the baseball diamond needs to be a place where you need to be to see what we're doing. Softball, soccer fields as well, bringing businesses in, you know, to, you know, to partner with, with it, those type of events that are not looking to bring in any money, but just simply support for our programs as well. It's a huge part. Yeah, of it. I agree. In between, in between doubleheaders during the basketball games and now this upcoming season, hopefully, uh, you know, with the COVID thing going on that we're able to play this fall um, in between double headers. Now we're bringing all youth teams in, you know, to play a three or four minute game of basketball or soccer um, and bring their parents just to show them, Hey, this is, you know, this is college life, but you know what? We're here for the youth of our community as well. And um, I think that's been a big draw. Uh, when we get the basketball, you know, this past season uh, we've had so many, um, youth teams come in uh, playing basketball and staying for the games and really getting the college experience and meeting the players on, on, on TJ's team. And, and you know how TJ is. He just makes everyone feel welcome. And, and he's got them in the huddle with his regular team during a game. It's, it's great stuff, man. This is, this, these are things that kids remember the rest of their lives. And, uh, and, and I'm glad that we're part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's something that's very unique about division two as well, Mike, because, you know, uh, division one is, is tremendous and the, the, the quality of play is great, but you kind of miss that personal touch a little bit. You know, I have, I have colleagues who work in sports information who never talk to their athletes because there's almost that feeling of untouchableness to them, you know, but in division two, you're still kind of on the ground floor with the athletes. There's still, you know, a modicum of, of community involvement that, that comes with it. And, and because we're allowed to give scholarships, because the level, you know, of athletic play is, is increased. It's kind of the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. You know, being on the ground floor and, and being a division two school and having the, the you know, uh, we're very unique and I, and I, I haven't been to many other schools. So, you know, uh, I don't want to speak out of tune, but we are so unique with the family atmosphere that we have over at the College of Staten Island and, and what we've created uh, as coaches and, and you guys as, as administrators. Um, I mean, we're friends and we have this family atmosphere when we bring recruits in and when kids come to our school and play for us. Um, it's just not about playing for my baseball team or, uh, or playing for TJ's basketball team. I know everyone on TJ's team. I know everyone on the soccer team. I know everyone on the swim team. I mean, this is stuff that, you know, that I cherish knowing these kids by first name and, and coming in and mixing that with the division two move and being able to give scholarships to these kids that deserve it. And it's just been, it's been a, it's been a wonderful experience and I really see it uh, growing into something way bigger than we expect and, and in a good way. And I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, Kelsey has really been uh, involved with, you know, uh, has been alumni games uh, at at CSI. I know she's worked with each individual coach at kind of cultivating uh, lists of alumni, you know, to invite. And and obviously, once the games go on, you know, the actual programming surrounding getting getting food and things like that, together with the coaches. And you know, it's 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 great that you mentioned that, Mike, because 
the one thing that I get to experience is, you know, being friends with some of our alumni on social media is just how much they continue to be a part of each other's life. And that's something that you also miss in Division One athletics about how kids come from different parts of the of the world and different parts of the country and they have their four years and then they're kind of, yeah, that there's always a tie-in, there's alumni games and there's events, but your kids and even talking to some of them this past summer with 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 the COVID article that we did, uh, things like that, your kids really do continue to stay friends with one another and keep in touch with one another. And really, that adage of once a dolphin, always a dolphin really rings true. Uh, you know, and some of that is born because we're on Staten Island and because of the new unique place that we're on. But a lot of it is exactly what you mentioned. The people and the programming just lend itself to that kind of family atmosphere. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, it's funny on social media when, you know, you're always looking and there's always like that hashtag and, you know, we always hashtag fear the fin. I mean, that's our motto, but the next hashtag that we always put is family. Mm-hmm. And that really, and that really goes true with everything that we're talking about. It is a true family atmosphere and once a dolphin, always a dolphin. And, and I'm telling you, this is my, gonna be my 13th season going into the College of Staten Island. And I still talk to these kids from 13 years ago. And there's nothing better than a text message added a blue that says, Hey, I know you're going to South Carolina or I know your first game's tomorrow. Good luck. And there's nothing like that. And the way, and what Kelsey's doing with building up the alumni lists and, and we're going to start really getting these games going in each, uh, respective sport. Um, uh, she's doing a great job with that. And that's only going to enhance you know, the family atmosphere even more uh, at the college. So, you know, I'm looking real forward to that as well. Yeah. And, and you know, Mike, I want to save some some minutes for us to talk about baseball and, and talk about, you know, the past, the present and the future. But, you know, obviously with COVID, there was a lot of cancellations that went even beyond your season. One of them was our annual golf outing, which is one of our, uh, you know, highlight events, similar to something like the Legacy Night, similar to our Hall of Fame, where it is a revenue driver for us. And it is something that we continue to build on each and every year and, and it gets better and better. And you're the MC uh, for the for the evening celebration, the dinner and all and all that. So that was a real uh, drag having that having that canceled. And then we have other events in the future, like Hall of Fame, which which is which is likely going to get canceled already. So, you know, what are some of your thoughts regarding some of those other events that maybe have been tabled about bringing them back and about the importance of those events and the things that you're doing to kind of cultivate those events as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a real disappointment losing the golf outing. And if we lose the Hall of Fame event, because those are two real personal events that you really are, you know, uh, shoulder to shoulder with people in the community and, and, and alumni that come and help support us and raise money for us that we, you know, that we need throughout the year. Uh, listen, we're just going to have to work real hard. I mean, with this whole COVID thing going on, businesses took a big hit and uh, they continue to take, a, to take a big hit. And, you know, to run out there and start asking for money, obviously you have to be, you know, you, you, you got to be soft hearted about all this stuff. And, uh, we're just going to have to start from the beginning and, you know, let's just hope and pray that these businesses open again and people start making money and, and, you know, and then we're able to go back out and get our events moving again. And, uh, you know what, we'll, you know, Staten Island will persevere. New York city will persevere. We've done it in the past, you know, with everything going on, uh, you know, this is stuff that. We're going to talk about, you know, 20, 30 years from now, our kids are going to talk about it, you know, to their kids about this, this time, uh, in our lives. And, you know, and, and as far as it goes with me and Kelsey and, 
and our jobs in marketing, uh, we're going to figure out a way how to help the community and help these businesses and, and have them get involved again with us at CSI. And, uh, you know, just from past experiences, you know, when, when people need help, we're there for them. They'll be there for us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I have a very good feeling, uh, that, you know, in time, this will all be behind us and we'll be back going 100% once again. Yeah. And that's something I, I talked with Joe a couple of times on, on past shows about athletics has this really uncanny knack of bouncing back pretty well from just about anything thrown at it, whether it's a world yeah. war, whether it's a, a natural disaster and obviously yeah. now a, a great pandemic. Uh, it, it'll find a way and, and community goes hand in hand with that because athletics is a great equalizer, Mike, too. You know, we, we see what's happening in our communities now with, with, with tensions and with, you know, people being cooped up and angry, uh, you know, yes. political divides and athletics has always had a great knack of, of transcending all that. You know, it's, um, it's easy to put your arm around somebody who's a different, who, you know, who's a different sex, who's a different color, who's a different, you know, place of origin, who's a different age than you when you're at a ball game. You know, those are, those are some kind of unifying ties. And when athletics gets back, so does the nation. So that's just my, my soapbox, but I know you feel the same way. Well, I'll tell you what, you hit it right on the head, baby. You couldn't have explained that uh, more eloquent. I mean, that was, that's exactly what sports does. And um, I think sports, especially CSI on Staten Island, when we open up, and you got to remember, we were just scratching the surface to the Division Two thing. And this right. is an exciting year for us. And, you know, we're, we're still, we don't even know what to expect, you know, at this point. But we know that it's exciting and the buzz is still going around Staten Island. Anytime I run into uh, any sports figure on Staten Island or anyone in the, in the athletic field on Staten Island, they're always like, hey, congratulations on the D2 move. How is it? And I said, I really don't know. We only had, you know, we were only eight <laughs> games in. You know, I, I, we didn't get a chance to really feel what it's all about. Uh, but the excitement is still there, and that's what I look forward to. And uh, and I think the community will be right with us, uh, you know, uh, alongside for the ride. Yeah, and it's a great segue to talking a little bit about baseball while we have a few minutes left. And, you know, you guys were probably handed the worst deal, Mike, because, you know, a sport like softball and outdoor track and field – uh, horrendous way to lose your season, obviously, but they never started it, you know? So there's yeah. almost a little bit of like, okay, it happened, but thank God it, it at least happened before we, we got something under us. You guys got eight games into your season. And in, in baseball terms, that's, that's a little less than a quarter of your season played. And that's, that's enough to get a really good taste, but just way too, way too little of a, 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 you know, a section to really feel like you accomplished anything. And yet, in those eight games, you guys went five and three. You beat a couple of D2 schools, um, you know, in the process. You got your feet wet a little bit, but it was overwhelmed by the enormous feeling of loss when COVID happened. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I know it affected all of us in the spring season. Uh, uh, you know, it affected Eric and Andrew in both softball and cross country and stuff. But I think I did get it a little worse because we actually started handing out all the uniforms, playing games, you know, the pitchers were about to come around for their second start. And, you know, it just all the stuff and, and beating out our first D2 school out in Carolina and then coming home and being able to beat an ECC school that we're going to be the conference we're in. We beat a D2 school in that. I mean, we were chomping at the bit. We were so excited. And then this, the COVID-19 hit us and it just, it literally swept the rug right from under us. And it was not a good feeling. I, I, I mean, I, I have a, a picture of me sitting in the clubhouse that one of my coaches took 
the day we had a the day I had to tell the team that it was over, that the season was going to be over. And when I talk about it right now, I get this pit in my stomach because the looks on these kids' faces, it was just, the disappointment was just unbelievable. And I still get it. You know, we do Zoom calls and mm-hmm. I keep in touch with the kids just to make sure that everyone's all right. And they still bring it up like, I can't believe we didn't play this year. And that's the toughest part. Uh, you know, the only thing we can do is just, you know, just go forward. What did this is countrywide. This is worldwide what's going on. There's no sports anywhere. So even though we lost it, I get it that other schools are feeling the same way. So, you know, we just got to build from it and just, uh, you know, look back at what we had and what we're going to continue to do. Yeah, I think I think the saving grace to it all is knowing that we ideally made the right decision. I mean, and the decision was kind of made for us. Uh, nobody... You know, we could have decided, well, we'll still play. There would have been nobody to play. We would have had a bunch of inter squad games. But, uh, but right. yeah, in, in hindsight, it was the right call. And, you know, you mentioned Zoom calls and, and the like, Mike. You know, you're in a, you're in also in a very difficult position, maybe with track as well, of having the biggest unit to contend with. I mean, your, your rosters, you know, in the high twenties, you know, low thirties, you know, when you yeah. count, when you count coaches and stuff. So, yeah. you know, you, that's a lot of monitoring that you have to do with a lot of kids having downtime. And we know what kids yeah. do when they have downtime, they get in trouble, they procrastinate, they, they put yeah. things off for another day. They stop working out. You know, it's, it's, so how do you kind of contend with that of making sure these kids are doing the right thing in the classroom, that they're staying, you know, in physical, you know, peak performance, even though they can hardly get outside. How do you kind yeah, of so, tackle that? Yeah. So what I did was, you know, to zoom with, 28 kids and it's great. It's fun. You know, you have a good time while you're doing it, but to really get your message across, we had to come up with something a little different. So what I did was I took my three assistant coaches and we kind of broke the team up into sections. So each coach got eight, seven or eight kids and those seven or eight kids, that assistant coach is in charge of. So what, what I have to do is I'll email or text my coaches. Hey, let the kids know they have to do this. So each coach has their seven or eight kids. So it's easier to, connect with those seven or eight than it is with 28 at once so what we do is then they then the coaches get back to me on hey my seven this is what they did they're all ready to go they've they've done what you asked um you know and then what i'll do is every two weeks i'll have a zoom meeting with the whole team and then we go over everything just to kind of be like hey thanks guys i know your coaches reached out to you and and you did everything you were supposed to you know how's everything going uh, it's really worked out because to try and keep track of 28 kids and their grades during this COVID thing, you know, COVID-19, when they were all online, it was almost impossible to do. Um, so each coach had their seven or eight kids, and they were on top of their grades. When their finals were, what homework they have due, what papers are due, they were on it, and then they would report that to me. And if I saw something that was a little off color or I, I needed to get involved with, I would go back to the coach and be like, hey, you need to tell him this. And then on the overall Zoom call, we would go over all that stuff, and it's worked out. It's worked out great. Um, all the information is getting to every kid, every player. Um, it's more personalized because it's a smaller group. You know, it's like going to school, Dave. If you have 30 or 40 kids in a classroom compared to 10 kids in a classroom, it's a lot easier to learn with 10 kids because mm-hmm. you got more attention from the teacher. And that's the same way I did it with my coaching staff, and it's worked out great. Great. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, we deal with it from a department standpoint, but you with your team, I can only imagine the questions that you're getting with regards to when are we going to get back? When can we go back to CSI? When can we hit the tank? When can we go on the field? Can we throw? Can we, can we, can we do something live? So are you getting those kind of questions now from kids? And, and honestly, 
in this stage of uncertainty where things change minute to minute, hour to hour, what do you tell the kids now? You know what? I, I get daily and I'm saying every day I get a text from a kid, uh, whether it be, can I get on the field? Can I take some swings? Uh, are the dorms going to be open? Are, are they, are the classes going to be online? Are we coming to, are we going to be, is there going to be a fall season? You know, I get it every day. And, and I'm like, guys, I said, as soon as I hear, you're going to hear. It'll be 10 seconds after I get the word. I'm going to give you the word. I says, I don't have answers to all that right now. I said, I'm, I'm in the dark like you guys are right now. I go, this really comes from the powers above. I mean, this, this is even beyond. CUNY, this is beyond our president. This we're waiting on, you know, our governor, our mayor to come up with these suggestions on what we're gonna do. Um, so as soon as I hear stuff and 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 our president at CSI decides on something and tells Charles and Charles tells the administrative and then the administrators tell us, I'll definitely tell you guys. So it, it's definitely been tough because, you know, as time goes on, you chomp at the bit more and more and and you know, you hear that major league baseball is coming back and 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 some uh, summer leagues are starting to play now, and these kids want to get involved. So the questions are endless, but you know, I'm just trying to keep it positive and just saying, hey, look, as far as I'm concerned, be ready for the fall. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it does, I want us to be ready. Lift, you know, take your ground balls, take your swings, do what you have to do on your own. Just be ready uh, for when September calls, and that's what we've been doing. Great. And it's funny, Mike, how fast, you know, 35 minutes goes. We're almost at the end of our, our rope here. I have time for just a couple of quick questions. You mentioned Major League Baseball starting up. You know, I have my own feelings about about that of like, you know, really? And how is it going to work? And with fans and not fans, like what what's like what? How do you think this is going to end up for for Major League Baseball? Do you think this is going to be a successful move? They are the first professional league to kind of stick their toe back in the water, I mean, aside from overseas soccer. But, you know, how do you think this plays out? Yeah, Dave, I, I wish I had an answer to that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so curious about how this is going to play out. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're actually, I just read last night, they're actually talking about even the major league players are not going to be in the same dugout. They're going to sit above dugout in the seats. Hmm. Now, I mean, this, I, I, I can't picture this happening. Um, I don't know how it's going to unfold, but you know what? Like you said earlier, any sport right now is, is good for the, is good for the country is good for us. So if they can, if they can get 60 games in and figure out a way how to get the game going, whether there'll be fans or no fans, you know, it's something to watch on TV. It's something to, to, to show that we are, moving forward a little bit things are getting back to normal i'll take it yeah and one of the things i always remember obviously the last time any kind of earth-shattering thing happened which in my opinion was 9-11 how you know mike piazza brought us back and then the yankees on that world series run really ushered ushered in normalcy again so if baseball can pull it off again that would be pretty sweet and so i'll be rooting for it i'm not a huge baseball fan but um you know as far as professional leagues, but um, that would be something. That'd be really something. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think any baseball is going to be good baseball. So whatever they whatever they come forward, uh, I'll be happy with. All right, and Mike, let's leave off with this thought. We started uh, with the talk about the legacy night. Um, let's end it uh, there as well. As far as the future of legacy night, is this something that you'd like to see uh, happen again? Uh, you know, maybe not every year, every other year. Like, tell me a little bit about 
the legs yeah. that Le- Legacy has, what what would you like to see from it? Yeah, it w- it was such a success. There's uh, there's no way I wouldn't want to do it again. Um, I think kind of like what you do with the Hall of Fame, Dave, having it every other year. Um, I think that's what we would we would want to do. Uh, you know, discuss that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many more people involved, and it gets contagious. I want the same people that were there to come again, and then I want other people that saw it in the paper and saw the you know, how big of a success it was to be like, Hey, I want to be part of that. And, you know, and I want to double it and triple it and quadruple it and, and really get the community involved. And uh, I definitely think that's going to happen. And that's 100% in our, uh, you know, in our sites to, to have this legacy night, uh, done again. And, and it'll be the second annual legacy night and third and fourth. And that's what we continue to do. That's what I want to do. Excellent. Excellent. Mike, and if anybody's listening to this podcast, any business owner, anybody who was at Legacy Night before who wants to get uh, more involved, uh, whether it's in giving or, or in participation, how do they reach you? How do they get in touch with you? How do people learn more about what you guys are yeah, doing? Yeah, they can come right on our website. You know, both out, mine and Kelsey's phone number are both on there. Uh, you know, uh, Our emails are there. Anything you need, you just call us direct uh, and we'll, we'll come right by. Stop by your business uh, and we talk to you personally. It's, it's such an easy, it's an easy way of communicating. Uh, it's just a phone call away. Excellent. Well, Mike, thanks for giving us uh, about 40 minutes of your time on this podcast. I learned a great deal. It's great to always get your perspective as, as a coach and as an administrator. And uh, I hope we get to do this again real soon. Only next time we'll be talking about some baseball. Yeah, sounds good, Dave. Thanks for having me. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Excellent. So that was Mike Morrow, the uh, marketing and development coordinator at the College of Staten Island. And of course, uh, as he mentioned, our longtime men's baseball coach. They got to play eight games, but we're hoping for a lot more from them in the Division II landscape. So what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, take a break. When I come back, we will close out episode number 26 of the Dolphin Pod. Stay with us. You're listening to The Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com. In NCAA Division II, student-athletes leave a lasting impression on their communities. That's because Division II student-athletes want to make a difference and truly be part of their surrounding communities. Through community engagement, thousands of student-athletes from various backgrounds interact with community members who view them as role models. This interaction leaves a positive and perhaps even life-changing impression on all those involved. In Division II, we rise to the opportunity and make community engagement ours. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. David Pizzuto here on episode number 26 of the show, Friday, July 3rd, 2020. And uh, what a great conversation uh, we just wrapped up with Mike Morrow, the head baseball coach. You heard his phone ringing towards the end of our interview, and that's uh, just goes to show um, how busy he is. Mike is the head baseball coach, marketing manager, and development coordinator here at CSI. Also works at TLC Physical Therapy as well. So just a lot going on for for Mike during this time, as always. And of course, we hope that he gets back on the diamond soon. And of course, uh, you know, setting up events like Legacy Night, like the golf outing, helping out with the Hall of Fame and and other major events that keep CSI afloat and keeps our programs uh, humming all year long. So thank you again to Mike Morrow uh, for joining us. And um, that kind of wraps up our episode here of the Dolphin Pie. We want to give you a quick teaser 
as to what's to come. Again, we have to um, stay pretty vested because we don't want to give anything away on our countdowns uh, week to week because that is the focus. But next week, we're going to have a rivalry reborn. Um, so again, a rivalry reborn is our little nugget of information that we'll give. We'll have a special guest that will sit down uh, with me over the phone as we continue to social distance here at the College of Staten Island. Uh, nothing's open yet, but we do hope at some point very soon that we'll start doing these broadcasts uh, person to person, face to face, and back in the confines of home, which for us is the College of Staten Island Sports and Recreation Center. So that does it here for episode number 26 of the podcast. Be sure to join us next Friday when we debut a new show at 12 noon. And of course, you can follow us uh, during the week, all week long on csidolphins.com backslash podcasts. And of course, you can find us now on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker FM, and of course, Anchor FM as well. Uh, So no matter where you are in the country, in the world, uh, no matter what device you're following us on, we'll always be here for you. So uh, until next time, wish you a great July 4th weekend. Um, Happy uh, thoughts and of course, um, warm wishes for a healthy uh, Independence Day. Uh, So long, everybody. We'll see you next week right here on the Dolphin Pod. You've been listening to the Dolphin Pod. Remember to check us out next week when we bring you a brand new show. And check out our archive broadcast throughout the year at www.csidolphins.com backslash podcasts or on any of the broadcast channels like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. If you have questions, comments, would like to be booked on the show, or have an idea for a guest you'd like to see on the show, be sure to leave us feedback and catch all of our shows right here at csidolphins.com backslash podcast. From all of us here at the College of Staten Island, thank you for listening to the Dolphin Pod.